0: Hello there, you are listening to the Park Rush podcast. I'm uh, Gary Lineker. You may have heard that my normal Saturday plans were cancelled this week, so I'm here instead to talk
1: about my true passion, theme parks. I've never told anyone this, but I actually missed my beloved Leicester City winning the Premier League in 2016 on the day they won the title. I was actually at Alton Towers. They've got some cracking rides down there, much better than Thorpe Park, which is really a park of two halves, you might say. Half of it has great rides, the other half smells of weed. Righty has always been more of a fan of Legoland, he just loves the building work. I think he's actually shorter than the Lego Big Ben. Enjoy the show. <laughs> there you're listening to match of the day with me tom we start today's action at Walt disney world where an under pressure ceo was forced to admit that the theme park pricing strategies employed at the resort have been too aggressive guy mowbray watch this one guy well guy my reason on strike i forgot uh sorry everyone getting my wires crossed here uh just before we started recording I, I received a frantic text from someone claiming to be from the bbc asking if josh and i could present match of the day but uh unfortunately out of solidarity uh, we have decided not to and we're going to stick to our lane josh which is thing part new <laughs>
0: We never talk about politics on this podcast, so it's fine. Anyway, uh,
1: there is Thing Park news to discuss this week, Josh, and we will start aggressive Thing Park pricing strategies at Disney. Uh, Bob Iger, who, of course, Bob. was reinstated as CEO not long ago, has admitted this week that the prices have, have got a bit out of control at the Disney parks. Uh, yeah, no shit, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he found this out. I kind of like the idea of Bob took his family to Disneyland the other day and went to get a hot dog at Casey's, and when they get when they told him the price, he was like, "I'm sorry, what?"
0: Yeah, Wait, Hang on. He serious? Just opened his wallet and was like, "I can't." I can't. <laughs> like he uses his credit card and they're like, "Sorry, it's uh, not been accepted." Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it,
1: it's it's a common complaint. Right, that the Disney parks have become too expensive, especially during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. Ticket prices, prices within the parks, all the added costs, some of which aren't always obvious, like you know the way cuts uh, to certain services, like transportation from airports has a knock-on impact on the amount of money that a family has to spend on their Disney holiday overall. It's all added up over the last few years. And uh, Bob Iger, as I say, um, he said that the strategies have become too aggressive in the company's zeal to grow profits. Uh, So these quotes have been reported by Blue Loop. I'll just read some of the others, and then we'll get into a bit more of what he said. Um, I always believed, he said, Uh, that Disney was a brand that needs to be accessible. And I think that in our zeal to grow profits, we may have been a little bit too aggressive about some of our pricing. I think there's a way to continue to grow our business, but be smarter about how we price so that we maintain that brand value of accessibility. Uh, He was talking at a Morgan Stanley media conference earlier this week. So what do you make of that Josh and uh, what kind of actual hard action
0: would you expect those quotes to translate into if any I don't really I don't really see many changes maybe a pricing structure you know um on ticket prices maybe I can't imagine we'll see uh an increase in you know staff wages or Things coming back that are more customer-facing, you know, like the transportation that sort of thing. The, the cuts have been made, and the cuts will stay. Yeah, maybe some ticket price changes. I think that's that's mainly it. And obviously, you got the you got the free photo pass back uh, in in some instances, which is nice again. Uh yes, I forgot about that. That was
1: announced a little while ago. I mean, I don't see prices going down. i I'd, that that's. Kind of the the big scam of inflationary price rises in my mind is that they never really come back down once they've gone up. They just become the new normal and everyone yeah. is expected to get used to it. And theme parks are, are not alone in that, obviously. Uh, and it's worth saying that these prices went up long before the kind of current and ongoing spike in inflation. But I certainly wouldn't expect them to come back down, I think, yeah it's maybe stuff around the edges where we might see things introduced to make the prices a little easier to stomach for people i certainly don't think you'll see prices go up again for 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 some time and yeah maybe they'll they'll think of ways in which they can bring the overall price down like ticket bundles or things like that i don't know but it's certainly the case you don't have to look far to find people complaining about ticket prices over the last few years i guess the the thing is though that demand is still through the roof right and i i think also talked about how overcrowded the parks have become over the last couple of years and i don't really know how you solve that other than by branching out and having more locations to spread your guests out into. And that would really require more theme parks, which
0: I don't Uh, see happening. Some people have argued that the scarcity pricing of Disney World and Disneyland has attributed to that... um, to the higher number of people as well like because of this you know because of how they've made these variable tickets and harder to get access to the parks through a limited number of tickets and things like that it's made it's kind of increased the scarcity of going to disney and therefore more people want to go because of how hard it is to go if that makes sense Um, yeah it's like a it's like a negative feedback loop right you see it all
1: the time yeah. when there's any suggestion that something might be hard to come by you you know people see we saw it was it last year or the year before with that ridiculous petrol shortage that we had in the yep. uk where there was one fairly innocuous report about bp i think suggesting that they might have trouble supplying some of their petrol stations for a time and then yeah. all of a sudden there were just enormous queues outside every petrol station in Britain and no one could yeah. get petrol and it. The prices went crazy. And
0: <laughs> One brand of petrol station didn't have enough drivers to get that to all it. petrol stations. It's not even like there was a lack of petrol. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, toilet paper in the early days of COVID, so that was another yeah, one. Yeah, that's
0: always a mad one. Paper um, <laughs> Toilet paper is made locally, so it's made in in country, so it's always a dumb one to hoard that cause it's not like it's going to be hard getting it. Um, exactly, exactly. It just, it just takes uh, up a lot of space in supermarkets so that when it goes, it looks like there's a scarcity because it takes up so much space, but it's actually not true at all.
1: No, exactly. And if you do ever run out of toilet paper, do what I do and use your parents' copy of the telegraph. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although
1: they did start getting annoyed when they moved to the digital subscription, and then I was still doing it. So yeah, I mean, look. As I say, I'll be interested to see um, whether or not we get any more kind of make good announcements on this sort of front over the next few months and and during the rest of the year. As you rightly pointed out, the photo pass, the free photo pass, uh, digital downloads anyway, uh, was a nice introduction. I think I'm right in saying that, that was only at Disneyland. It would be nice to see that come to disney world for sure um at disney world they did bring back free parking uh, for hotel guests that was nice
0: they took that away in the first place
1: well exactly yes but and i think i'm right in saying that in terms of the free photo free photos at disney world i think it was a case of if you buy the genie subscription on a certain day you get the photos thrown in i mean I think they should go the whole way and and you don't even need the genie i think just make the digital photos free for everyone i think that would that would be a nice change and yeah we'll see if they make any other such changes around the edges but you have to remember as well that really they're only actually going to feel they can make these kinds of changes by making cuts elsewhere and some of those cuts come from job losses and you know they've laid off thousands of people over the last little while Disney obviously not alone in that but I think as we said a a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the layoffs and we talked about their reluctance to to offer their theme park staff a, a particularly significant pay rise you know let's not let's not fall for any little PR wins that Disney might be trying to go for with with you know, quote-unquote guest-friendly pricing strategies or whatever. There's a lot of questionable decisions going on that I think just highlight that they don't actually care about you or, or the little guy who works for them. Um, it is ultimately all about the bottom line. And um, if they try and make you a saving, um, it's only because they've been able to find a saving somewhere else and that saving they will have found somewhere else will probably result in somebody um, who's not particularly well off being exploited in some way. So I think that's worth remembering um, so that we don't just be like, yay, free parking, Bob Iger, what a legend. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that was me on my high horse. and uh, but, uh, uh, Yay,
0: free parking, free parking. Uh, go Bob Iger, right? So, yeah. But, but yeah, exactly. Free parking. Go Bob Iger, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, our
1: official stance. You know, we, we don't want to risk um, alienating Bob in case he ever wants to come on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, sticking with Disney, and this is maybe the scariest thing I've seen all week. Um, I, I would, to be fair though, I would probably watch. You know, if, if the BBC end up getting really desperate, I would watch a match of the day hosted by Disney's new robot Judy Hops. <laughs> i think that would be great (laughs) so i mean this is all i think i've said before i love the fact that there are you know talented engineers out there who could really commit their genius to solving some of the world's biggest problems and are instead quite content working in a factory building robot rabbits and superheroes um i do think that's kind of great and (laughs) and disney uh, took to the stage this week to show off um, what very much looks like a prototype Judy Hopps robot, that being the uh, police uh, or budding police officer, Bunny Rabbit from Zootopia. Uh, this has been written up by Walt Disney World News today. And the uh, expectation is that this will be for the upcoming Zootopia land in Shanghai, although there, there is a Zootopia uh you know area or attraction coming to to animal kingdom is that right they announced that at d23 last yep. year so you know who knows this might be something that we see in florida as well but uh yet yeah, um i highly recommend people seek out the footage of this uh there is some of it going around on twitter um I mean, it's an unfinished robot, so this is not a furry rabbit. Um, The head is kind of done, but is sort of skinless, I guess. And then the bottom half is all just, you know, uh, very much looks like a bionicle. So it's pretty (laughs) freaky, but the movement is mighty impressive. What do you make of it, uh, Josh, from what you've seen?
0: Yeah, I think it's really impressive. I think that obviously the the head, obviously it's... Uh, it's got like a faux fur texture to it. So it's, they've clearly been experimenting with that stuff as well. I think it's really impressive in the way it gets up. Uh, if there's, a, there's been a little video going around on social media of the the robot rabbit getting up and being like very, like quite well planted on the rollerblades. So I'm quite impressed by all of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talked on stage at this event about, you know, wanting the the robotics to get to a point where they can evoke a far more sort of emotional response from guests you know that they're, they're kind of so realistic and convincing that yeah. guests will almost be able to interact with them as they would a traditional meet and greet with spoilers an actual person in the costume <laughs> if you've got any children listening i'm sorry and i mean I think I'm not sure you'll ever actually quite get to that point. You know, a good meet and greet experience uh, is often great because of the potential for sort of spontaneity and surprise. Like if you've got a really good performer in one of those suits that, you know, they can make a meet and greet really special and probably always will be able to make a meet and greet more special than a robot could. But I don't know, maybe that's famous last words. Uh, who knows but for sure i think for the purposes of like stage shows or you know a bit of park decor like imagine one of these kind of roving around an area in the park with the supervision of a cast member for example uh, i think that you know the potential is is pretty obvious there and uh yeah uh it's 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 scary and impressive in equal measure so it'll be yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of timescale they're working towards on this. I mean, we've said before, of course, that we saw the first signs of that stunt robot, which would become Spider Man, uh, a couple of years ago in like a Disney Plus documentary, I think it was, and sort of yeah. looked at that and thought, well, that looks like it's probably years away, and uh, it actually ended up coming to the parks pretty soon. So who knows? This may well be something that that we don't have to wait very long for but uh yeah uh, it's it's pretty cool and of course a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the patent they'd filed for robots that can
0: fly josh so (laughs) gosh yeah we've been concerned about boston dynamics all this time and maybe it's disney we should be concerned about yeah at what point will we be
1: deploying robot spider-man and judy hopses into active war zones to fight for us uh (laughs) that's imagine that, an army of uh judy Hopses. yeah that's the grim future right it's uh it's like a, a super super grim dark version of ready player one where you know the us is deploying disney robots into battle against russia's tanks and drones <laughs> and <laughs> hell, hell yeah <laughs>
0: judy hops comes out on top
1: yeah yeah, Joe Biden announces the deployment of sixty thousand Judy hopses to defend Taiwan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the irony of that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Having been built for, for uh, the Disney uh, Shanghai, yeah. Fortunately, park. well, maybe that's
1: all part of the plan, Josh. We're gonna—it's all a ruse. It's like a Trojan horse. We're deploying oh. all these militarily capable Disney robot rabbits into Shanghai. They won't suspect a yes. thing. Brilliant. All of a sudden they wake up and turn on their masters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like uh, like iRobot.
1: Like exactly like iRobot, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh we'll stick we'll stick to the US uh or you know US companies at least and then we will we will move on uh to, to our beloved Efteling. Um, that Universal Theme Park uh, in Frisco, Texas, the family-friendly sort of small-scale or smaller-scale Universal Theme Park that we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, that has been given permission uh, to be constructed. Uh, so they will presumably get to work on that in the not-too-distant future. Uh, the City Council there have given permission for uh, what will be a 30-acre theme park 300 room hotel uh the two of them sitting on a grand total 97 acre site and the park is set to open or um, targeting an opening of june 2026 uh so as i say we talked about this a few weeks ago so do go back and find that episode To kind of hear a little bit more of us speculating on what kind of IP and franchises might be represented at this park. All we really know officially is, as I say, it's going to be very much family friendly, targeted at at kids, at parents with young children, focused on children sort of age three to 11. So I think one would expect to see plenty of DreamWorks franchises represented, for example, Despicable Me, things like that more so than... Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get Halloween Horror Nights at this particular park for example. Uh but 2026, I mean, that of course will be a year after Epic Universe and I guess that would just reinforce how aggressive uh Comcast uh is being when it comes to investment in their Universal Parks division.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by this, you know, obviously it's a much smaller park, kind of a focus on a more youth thoughtful uh audience. And it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of game plan works out long term, whether this is successful for them or whether, um, (laughs) Mm. you know, it doesn't, it fails or maybe so successful that they consider doing this uh, in other areas around the country.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I suppose one of the issues when it comes to choosing where to build a theme park is the climate, right? I mean... The UK, for example, it's completely unviable, really, to have a theme park open all year round because the weather is so bad in the autumn and winter, or late autumn and and through the winter, hence why, as of recording, theme park season hasn't quite begun yet. Although Legoland does reopen uh, this coming weekend, as you hear this, and I am going (laughs) so... so, yeah oh my god yeah well you look that was going to be my cold open but then mesh of the day happened so it's just snuck in here as a a bit of a part way through the show wow unbelievable jeff incredible well look after last week's show i put a poll on twitter saying hey can adults go to legoland without kids and the people have spoken josh the people said yes the people are wrong. Look, the people are wrong about many things. Uh, the state of the country would absolutely uh, prove that uh, point. But it was quite a convincing is- victory. It was far more decisive than Brexit.
0: I think uh, the American markets, if if, if the voters were uh, in the American market, I think that sways it a lot more because their Legoland is uh, has more... I don't know, the, the 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 market there is more grown up. So in Florida for example, so uh, whereas ours is theme parks are generally more for kids right. seen that way generally anyway. Uh and Legoland is definitely a kids park. Well <laughs> we'll see. Uh if I'm, I'm not sure doing... you'll be allowed to go on any of the rides. Well look, we'll see. If I'm doing next week's
1: podcast from a police station we'll know that it proves a problem. <laughs> Um, but hopefully that doesn't happen and I can do a trip report when I get back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my point was, well, the point I was making was, uh, yes, but in terms of sort of where it's viable to build a theme park uh, so, so in the US, say, uh, is it, you've got to think about the climate, right? So, yeah. you know, if Universal did want to uh, perhaps experiment with opening smaller parks in other states, it, it probably wouldn't make sense to do it um, you know, in places where the weather is, you know, makes a day at a theme park completely unappealing, um, for for parts of the year. So I, I guess that would limit whatever it is that they that they would want to do. There, there was sort of one other bit of of universal news this week, which I guess slightly ties into this, uh, because who knows? It might not be long before we get a logo for whatever park they end up building in, in Texas. Uh, Because they have announced a suite of redesigned logos for their existing US parks, including Epic Universe, which, of course, isn't actually open yet. uh, But they've already redesigned the logo. Uh, uh, This is a real mixed bag, Josh, from my perspective. I think um, some of these new logos, which, of course, uh, I, I would encourage people to go and have a look at if you haven't already, Some of these look quite clean and quite nice. I think the new Universal logo, for example, is actually quite a nice uh, mishmash of sort of modern and retro. Like, it, it looks like it would be at home in 2023, but also in, like, 1993. I actually quite like it. I think the Volcano Bay logo is better than the previous one. The Islands of Adventure one, however, I... I don't like it. Like, it is more, of course, stylistically consistent with the other ones that they've redesigned, so I get it. But I really like the existing Islands logo and I think this new one is worse. What What do you think of, of the new logos?
0: I don't know why, but it sort of reminds me... I feel like there's like an old game. I, I want to say it's RuneScape, but... I don't think it is RuneScape. It might be RuneScape. I see. I get what you mean, and that's what this logo looks like to me. It's the it's the compass. I think that just doesn't look right. I don't know what it is. No, no, I, I don't. I don't like the compass. I, I also don't
1: really like the font that they've gone with. And this is sort of a very minor. Uh, you know, this is the sub editor in me coming out. But I preferred <laughs> the uh, possessive universals. Islands of Adventure. Uh, I preferred that to universal Islands of Adventure.
0: Uh yes.
1: Like uh Walt Disney's uh Disney
0: There are four parks to choose know. from. I'm sure you can think of one of them. <laughs> yeah. Animal Kingdom or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, uh, Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom uh rather than Walt Disney Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I think it, yeah I think it does
1: uh I, I yeah, like I don't know I liked I liked the previous logo I mean to, to kind of reinforce your runescape analogy um I did see someone compare these to like uh GameCube or PS2 save data icons. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah, like dug into the UI of those old consoles, and would be like, "I need to clear space on my memory card," and you'd be like, "Ah, uh, let's clear this particular save file." and And all the save files for the different games would have these kind of little, like, low res pngs sometimes they'd like be 3d and rotate or something representing the different games that you had and and these especially if you took the text off look exactly like those
0: um yeah i don't know i think yeah i'm just looking at the old compass i think the old compass is
1: is brilliant i mean yeah a, a big part of this is frankly just that i think the old logo is awesome um and and so like if you're going to improve on that my god you're going to have to do a hell of a job like i don't hate the new one um i just think it's a downgrade and uh and i would like them to stick to the old one but i i understand why they're not going to because it would probably look a bit out of place next to these other redesigned ones that they've come I'm, up with
0: i'm not sure i'm not sure i like the universal studios one either oh uh, really i think it looks a bit movie park germany yeah
1: i kind of see what you mean now Mm. I
0: like City I like Citywalk and I like Volcano Bay. Right, yeah. Um, the thing but, is I suppose
1: you know Universal have not been shy of celebrating their past at least when it comes to kind of merchandise. I mean my new favorite hat, it's not so much my new favorite hat. My it's been my favorite hat for for almost a year now, but I bought a Universal Studios hat in the park last year and of course. that has the uh you know original sort of neon yellow green and purple color scheme uh from from the 90s when it first opened splashed over the front of the hat and um, so you know i'm sure you will still be able to get islands merch with that logo with that old logo and next mm. time there's a big anniversary they'll do a load of islands merch that evokes opening day but yeah i just yeah. um i don't care for this new for this new logo i mean and it also looks kind of sinister <laughs>
0: like it looks a bit <laughs> it looks a bit mordor is it national treasure is there a national is it national treasure like that no it's like an illuminati pyramid in national treasure oh yes Yes it is. The Flat Universal Studios logo is kind of like their most up to date uh, pre-credit um intro title card uh for the films. It's quite similar mm. to that I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Even I guess that that's has true. a bit more punch. Mm. It's lacking punch for me.
1: Yeah, I mean may- maybe once we kind of see them in the parks they'll 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 look a bit punchier than they do as these sort of flat images on the internet. But I don't know. I'm just thinking of how that island's logo would look chained up on the on the tower, you know, at the front of the park, on the lighthouse. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, just, I think it would get lost, to be honest. I think that colour scheme is a bit muted as well. I don't think it's going to really stand out. It, the compass is a similar
0: colour to the tower. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to have to do a good job of uh, making that pop.
1: Right. Uh, Final couple of things here. Uh, As I said, our beloved Efteling, uh, which was uh, an absolute delight when we went last summer as part of the Euro rush road trip. And if for some reason you've not watched the Efteling travel vlogs, there are two of them on the Park Rush youtube channel then do go and do so links.parkrush.com that's where you can find that there's also a trip report podcast as well might might be two trip report podcasts i forget uh, on the podcast feed uh and josh we were among a record number of guests who visited yeah. efteling in 2022 which is uh, a fantastic milestone to reach of course theme parks we've spoken before have done pretty well out of the pandemic as as in coming out of the pandemic you know they've bounced back really strongly and it's great that 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 applies to efteling as well so they had 5.43 million visitors in 2022 the highest number in the park's 70 year history uh, says think park insider helped i'm sure not just by park rush and uh, and our excellent vlogs, making more people want to visit, I'm sure. Uh, you know, there were loads of people there when we were there, Josh. I kept getting stopped for autographs and things like That's that. That's true, yeah. So it makes sense, I guess, that once people cottoned on to the fact that we were there, loads more people came. But of course it was it also the seventieth anniversary. You got yourself a nice t shirt to mark that, I think.
0: I did, yeah, and a little pin badge. Unfortunately my pin badge is broken, but the t shirt is ah. still going strong. Excellent. Have you worn it since after
1: Uh Only on special occasions. Uh,
0: only on special occasions. I wore it to uh, Chesterton, actually. Ah,
1: excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to come to Legoland on uh, Saturday, maybe you can wear it there, Josh.
0: I am unfortunately away, but ah, uh... oh, alas, yeah, it's because he's yeah. You're at Peppa Pig World. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can do it, do it right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there we are.
0: Efteling CEO
1: Fons Jürgens. I'm going to go with. Uh, he said that the excellent numbers were helped by the fact that there were a lot of delayed visits that people rearranged from during the pandemic when the park was closed or when the park had restrictions. So you had a lot of annual pass holders coming back. You had a lot of school trips um, from from the pandemic times, uh, which were rearranged for last year. And uh, and ratings were were solid too. He says so guest satisfaction with the park was was up to pre pandemic levels, uh, which is good. And <laughs> yeah, Efteling working on a a few new projects. Uh, good timing, I think. You know they would have probably been gambling somewhat, kind of commissioning new projects um, at the point that they did because they couldn't have been completely certain then how they were going to recover from the pandemic. So they'll probably be feeling pretty good now about the fact that they did, um, you know, press green on those new projects because it will sort of create a sense of momentum, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's good to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of those new attractions, uh, we've also got a a bit more on this week. Uh, So this is the Hoover. Hoover-vood Forest. Uh, that is probably an absolutely appalling pronunciation. Uh, do you want to have it's a go food, or do so. you reckon uh, is that as good as it's going to get here?
0: Um, Hooverwood. Yeah,
1: Hooverwood. Hoover, yeah. Hooverwood. Uh, Hooverwood. It, Hooverwood. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, so this is coming to Efteling in 2024. Uh, so it's, a, it's a new area. It's going to have a new ride called Dance Macabre, which is a new spinning ride, which is replacing the Spookslot Haunted House, which we uh, popped into when we were in Efteling. I think it's in one of the, the blogs. Um, so yep. this is being billed as a first-of-its-kind ride system from in- Intamin, um, which will place three rows of six people atop Each of six turntables, all of which will be mounted on one larger turntable. So it's turntable section up in here. And so you'll have 108 riders all on this ride at one go, all spinning and turning and tilting and and dipping all over the place uh, inside this this spooky house. And uh, we've got a bit more concept art of the ride building and the surrounding vood forest. Uh, and it looks great. I'm, I'm loving the aesthetic here. This looks like it um, would look right at home in Sleepy
0: Hollow. Yeah. Um, I think this is like, obviously, so they're replacing a Haunted Mansion area with a new Haunted Mansion area. Mm. Um, and this looks like it's taking it to another level. Uh, it looks really cool. It's going to have a restaurant uh, takeaway area. This main building where the dance macabre is taking place looks really, really cool. Um, It's going to be, and it's in like a really prime piece of land. Like, you'll be one of the first rides you come to. Mm. Um, So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what they do. And this new uh, ride attraction looks really interesting. It's kind of like, um, I guess it's like a a revolution of the, uh, what is it now, like Minions Mayhem? You, uh, it's like a, I guess so, yeah. Because that was obviously moving seats, benches in a kind of theatre style. Uh, you'll have the same sort of flow through of having uh, large groups at once, and then you'll have to wait a little bit uh, of time in the queue for the next batch of people to go, because there's only one ride at a time. Um, but yeah, now obviously you've got the, the spinning on top of more spinning. It should be, uh, should be interesting. Should be a lovely little dance. Yeah. Yeah. It looks kind of like the teacups on acid. Yes. Uh, yeah. 100%. Uh, haunted uh, teacups
1: on acid. Haunted teacups on acid. There you go. Rename the ride and send me a check, Efterling. <laughs> uh, Hoover <Hube-Boo laughs> Forest, not just the ride though, also going to get a couple of restaurants. So you're going to have the, uh, Indens Tavern. <sighs> oh, Oof. yes. And, uh, Oh gosh, the uh, the shush. uh I'm going to go with takeaway restaurant. Uh <laughs> kut, so, kut, kut shush. yeah, kutsush. Kut, kut, yeah. Kut yeah, I I I I might have to uh, get those pronunciations checked, and I will come back next week and correct them if required. I'm going to yeah, say that on. they will almost certainly require correction.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, let's see. Hang on. Oh, what's he doing here? Heiverwald is the first, the the forest one. So how are you working this out? How have you... I've stuck it into Google Translate. Oh, right. Okay.
1: Well, look, some of my German homework marks would suggest that Google Translate is not
0: entirely reliable, but maybe it's improved over the last 10 years or so. As long as you're not trying to do an actual translation, which I'm not. I'm just getting it to read the Dutch. Right.
1: Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's all right then.
0: All right. Well,
1: what about Coot's F- sh- Takeaway? How do how do we say that? I, th- I think I've got the takeaway part Koot right. Coot's House, <laughs> basically. Coot's K- Koot- House. Coot's House. Okay, cool. Well, um, that does yeah. sound more correct. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that's everything, Josh. A pretty a pretty good week of theme park news, I would say. Lots of, of good stuff to get our teeth into. And uh, for- I've got another blooming text message. I can't do match of the day. <sighs> right, that's going to do it. If you want to keep up with the show in the week, you can do so at links.parkrush.com. That's where you can find all the socials like the YouTube and the TikTok and the Instagram and the Twitter. If you want to get in touch with the show, the best way to do that is to email podcastparkrush.com. And of course, if you're here for the first time, we would love it if you could subscribe wherever you get your podcast and you'd better do it before Spotify's redesign comes into uh, force because, my word, that thing looks like a mess and it might just become impossible <laughs> to find anything that you actually want to look for. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Hopefully I'm not arrested for going to Legoland and I can report back on what that was like. Take it easy and stay safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.
0: See you.